Welcome to the Sport Mind podcast series, where I sit down with world-leading guests and unlock the secrets to mental strength in sports. Today, before you dive into the episode, I have something special for all listeners. Are you struggling with self-doubt, overwhelmed by performance anxiety, battling inconsistency, or facing fear of failure in your sport? Are you looking to overcome these obstacles and conquer the mental game? Well, I've got just the toolkit for you. An ebook I wrote called Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, which you can get today completely free of charge. This comprehensive ebook is a treasure trove of practical and actionable strategies tailored for athletes who want to unblock the most common mental obstacles. Each chapter offers digestible advice, providing immediate tools you can apply to enhance your mental game. Readers have been raving about the insights and the transformations they've experienced with this guide. Teresa from California emailed recently saying, your guide is brilliantly helpful. I've just been getting into it and I'm truly excited to use it to help with the obstacles I face regularly. I wrote this ebook to be concise, punchy, and most importantly, practical for immediate application. And the best part, it's completely free, a token of your commitment to your mental and athletic growth. So click on the link in the show notes right now to grab your copy of Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, or simply visit the SportMind Hub by Googling SportMind Hub. Equip yourself today with the knowledge and tools to face those mental challenges head on. Now, let's jump into today's episode and get ready to elevate your mental game to the next level. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to your next episode of the podcast series. Today, I've got an incredibly special guest with me, Larissa Mills, the innovative mind behind the Mental Academy based in Ontario, Canada. Larissa has made it her life's mission to prevent mental health issues, notably those caused by the excessive use of phones, social media, and gaming. She has been instrumental with athletes, coaches, and parents, providing crucial tools through her comprehensive website, which features articles, podcasts, webinars, Q&As, videos, courses, and practical tips. Larissa's journey began about a decade ago, when, in her capacity as a teacher, parent, and coach, she noticed the troubling spike in negative and even violent behavior among children, a trend she linked to increased cell phone use. This observation sparked her to research the subject further, which led her to a shared concern among educators about the adverse change in children's behavior since the introduction of handheld devices, both in the classroom and at home. Today, we delve into this important topic, With Larissa's valuable insight, we uncover the science behind extended screen time and its effects on the minds of athletes. We also explore strategies for managing instant gratification, untethering from our phones, and how to utilize the beneficial tools that phones can offer athletes. This conversation is jam-packed with information and insights, all aimed at helping parents, coaches, and athletes reclaim control from technology. My hope is that Larissa's work will guide us all helping our children refocus on listening and learning so they can thrive and be happier as adults. Larissa's passion and clear message about the prevailing crisis will inspire you. This conversation is just the beginning. We're planning to unpack so much more in future episodes and maybe even a live masterclass session. So watch this space. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Please join me in welcoming the visionary Larissa Mills. Larissa Mills, welcome to the next episode of the podcast series. Really glad you're here today. Thanks for reaching out. I really love your message and love what you're doing. Um, I always think a good place to start is if you would like to give a brief introduction to yourself and yeah, tell us what you're getting up to at the moment. 
a brief introduction. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Well, with all your work. Hey, how do we do that? Well, yeah, I'm I want to change the culture of sports. How about that for an introduction? That's that's the briefest but most of the point introduction I've had. Brilliant. You've practiced. Um, I don't like what's going on in sports. Mm-hmm. I as a athlete and as a coach, I think we are in a serious sustainable um um, system here where we're looking at trying to be sustainable, but we're simply not. Mm-hmm. We're what not. do you mean by that? I mean that when you have 33% of your coaches leaving and when you have 70% of your coaches leaving by 13 or sorry, your athletes leaving by 13, you not only have a coaching crisis, you have an athlete crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when more and more kids choose to be on their phones or parents don't want to drive them and they just don't care anymore our development and, and programs, like you guys have 65 million people, we have 33. So it's Mm. very hard to get our athletes out there. Right. Mm. So when we're looking at the math, I'm very concerned Like globally, there is a concern about how many kids are dropping out and at what age. Mm. So we found that we got into this space of teaching them about their phones and teaching about education, about social media and how to learn how to brand themselves and and whatnot, and how to be smart about it, yeah. protect themselves to just want to be a good athlete, to have the mm. mental game to even stay in the sport anymore. Uh, that we sort of started writing courses, and then we teach them to teams, we teach them to leagues, we teach them to, to coaches. And now we're just, like I said, we're in the UK, we're in the US, yeah. we're in Canada, and now we're Australia. So it's just crazy. Amazing. And yeah, you did tell me offline that things are booming for you. And, you know, feel free to share as much or as little as you want of that. But the Mental Academy, that is your your company, your brand. You said you've had it for the last year in this format. Would you just talk us through a little bit of the timeline and how yeah. it's progressed? Well, we, we started, like, I started as an educational behavioral um, consultant. I was a teacher before. Mm-hmm. And I felt I couldn't make the changes I wanted to progress the way I thought education should be going. So I, I got disenchanted by the whole structure of it. Uh, I think it was the union part of it that was hard to make progressive changes because we are falling behind Finland, Norway, you, mm. um, Sweden. And, and it's disappointing. And, and we I see where we're at and I see where we're going and it's, it's not positive. So I thought uh, it was recommended to me business-wise to switch. Okay. and build my curriculum and build my um, um, business outside of school and the the Ontario curriculum and whatnot and go back in when I had more credibility. And now that's happening because now we see that there are, we are able to change the kids, the parents and the coaches by, by helping this whole ecosystem, right? Mm. Like we're all on an arm of an ecosystem. And if one of the arms is not good, the other arms are still affected. So well, if you just think you're going to go in and give the kids skills, it doesn't work. No. Um, the teachers are behind as well in their skills, mental skills and coping because they've been on their phones for 21,000 hours by 40. So wow. when we look at everyone being less connected and less communicated because we've been on more tech, there's a problem when we're on tech more, we suffer in behavior. Okay. So it's polarizing mm-hmm. what we are trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's where we come in and do the educational piece because we still don't know the long-term effects on the brain from phones sure yeah so so new still isn't it Mm. it's it's fairly new but Mm. we do have enough medical science to say okay we know now that social media affects confidence and self-esteem more than gaming but the right so it perfects an athlete's performance more Right. And let's say gaming, gaming mm. still takes you away from isolation, social skills, yeah, communication, yeah, yeah. 
But when I see kids gaming, they're yelling at each other. They're talking. Yeah. There's a little bit more to it. I'm not saying mm. we should be doing it five, 10 hours a day, like some NCAA athletes are, or some professional athletes are, but mm. it's, it's, it's like, what do you want? And you're making a choice. Totally. And it's addictive. It. They're designed mm. to be addictive. Mm. Um, that's why we want the dopamine and the cortisol. And we mm. love that feeling. Right. Um, and so and interesting you say, cause culture like yeah, I've, I've got a nine-year-old boy and, and, um, various lots like Fortnite, but you know what? It's a really interesting when he jumps on there, his, his communication skills and the way they're trying to figure things out as a little team. One part of me goes, do you know what? That's quite cool in a way, isn't it? Right. And there's no, there's no problem with that mm. as long as it's limited. Mm, totally. Right. As mm. long as they're still going outside to play, they're still hanging out with friends and you balance it out. There's no problem with that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No 100%. Problem. Like, That's we the word, isn't with, it? What is he? What did you call that? Uh, uh, Nintendo. Yeah, Super of Mario. course. Yeah, my brother, yeah. Like my dad's like, okay, <laughs> I haven't Kong. seen you in a bit. Come on down. Mm. Like, but my dad was conscious of it. Yeah. He's like, you need to go outside mm. as well. Yeah. So that that was interesting. But we are seeing that there is a certain level of the amount of hours mm. where an athlete, I'm sorry, but if you were to tell me you're on a phone for six hours a day and you want to make the NBA, I'm like, you're not going to do it. Totally. Love it. And that's yeah, what we're going to dive into. two mm. hours a day, I would give you a shot. Mm. <laughs> but, mm. Interesting. But if you're not, I'm like, well, four hours is even tippy. Yeah. I don't know because what you're sacrificing is practice. Yeah. Mobility, your physio, your academics, mm. your friends, your diet, your sleep, your recovery. Mm. All of these things are intertwined. All of well, them. Then just even like your your mental bandwidth, you know, like you're, you're inputting all of this. You're continually on. Do you know what I mean? You're getting these pulses of dopamine. And I'm sure we'll dig, dig into this. But, yeah. you know, like I've, I've been wrestling with this quite a lot recently. We've lost the skill to be bored. And actually boredom, for me, creates some really interesting space in your mind to be more creative and have those those thoughts boredom. and yeah boredom is a really interesting thing and I, again and people I don't know how to deal with it anymore at no, all no it's the first time mm. you're waiting in a line yes phone waiting in a car just for your and you're going through your drive-through to get something phone yeah uh as soon as all your kids are in the car and it's quiet phone i'm like yeah. your kids are in your car though so put we we have a no phones in the car interesting yeah uh, wow on the way to the arena uh, my kids all play competitive sports on the way home i want them to be able to have the space to talk amazing amazing right just talk I, I i i didn't like myself as a parent with my younger daughter swimming i really had to change the way i handled myself mm -hmm. and, it, and it wasn't bad it was just my daughter was an introvert right so mm -hmm. i had to change okay that race went really well didn't you think it went well she was no mom i didn't i didn't do my turns right i didn't get the time i wanted right and but it was a dialogue and it wasn't a monologue which i was mm. proud of that's good mm. but uh i think parents who dialogue with their kids and and leave space for them to make mistakes that's when you actually give your kids power to mm. build confidence and that's the confidence is the number one um um determinant of success right now in kids besides mm. phones mm, that's interesting it's interesting right? I, I, yeah i've gone i've gone quite deep into confidence recently and, and one of my little messages i'm talking about is i suppose it's more for in the performance environment you know, I come from a bit of a squash background, but I'm I'm asking my athletes to go, you know what, confidence is a feeling and it could be quite abstract, but courage is an action. Courage is a choice and courage is a decision. So I'm asking them to go, if confidence appears, great, yep. but let's not, let's not do our next action based on whether we're confident or not. Can we do our next action based on courage? And I, you know, I think that's quite an interesting little dynamic. What's your thoughts on that? I, I would agree that 
the more I'm seeing kids who are not as confident don't have courage. Sure. And and the more courageous I see kids, the more successful they are as an athlete. Mm. Uh, the more they're willing to make mistakes. Fear of making mistakes is plaguing 60% of our athletes. That's the one. 60%. The big one. But it's also because parents are pretty much nagging them about it. Mm -hmm. Mm. you're not you you can't of course they're going to make mistakes they're 12 right like they're not they're not going to play perfect hockey i'd like to show you an nhl player that plays a perfect game Mm. right like Mm. you look at proportionately yes they make less mistakes okay but as a team that's where it counts they're make they're still making mistakes sometimes Mm -hmm. they make individual at 12 i suspect a child to make six to seven errors a game Mm -hmm. and as they get older but now it's like Oh my, I, I'm, I'm looking at my coach. I don't want to make a mistake. I'm looking yes. at my parents. They panic. Yeah, totally. And so they're that their courage is squashed. They can't mm. get any courage. They just end up um, um, playing very hesitantly. And in, in hockey or football or basketball, it's a very fast mm-hmm. uh, pace. You need your speed. You need your speed in your decision-making as well. Mm. And I, I think that phones are causing a lot of that. Mm. They're Love not mm. able to go outside and be risk, like mm. have these high risk play situations. Uh, we used to play dodgeball and red ball and well, inappropriate games. I won't say the names of, but just where we'd have to smack, you'd end mm. up smacking each other at the end for mm. fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. again, we're grew up with and, that. And, and you'd be at the schoolyard just playing around mm. and, and there isn't that cross age play where that gave you confidence too. Mm. Well, it's quite interesting. There's two little things I want to pick up there. The first one, which is just what you mentioned there you know, the idea of pickup games and just going out and playing. And then, you know what? The adult turns up. And they formalize it and they put boundaries and structures. And actually, so obviously coaches and we need coaches, but sometimes when the adults turn up, it ruins that pickup game. I don't, I don't like to, I turn up and go, do we have all eight children? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. I don't, I don't want, I want them to form their own rules and for them to police themselves. Um, typically in a schoolyard, which is, this is interesting. One kid will usually ruin it for the rest of them. Okay. Right. So how do they police it? Well, now the kids don't have the confidence to go and police the one kid that's mm. always being, you're cheating. That was not true. He got him out. And it's this kid just ruins it for everyone sure. else, right? Mm-hmm. And now, that's always been whole, there, hasn't it? There's not like it's right, a new this thing. This kid that one is kid, isolating yeah. himself they, mm. or he, she, it doesn't matter. They'll always isolate themselves. And as they get older, this child will lose those friendships, mm. right? But I'm seeing more and more kids not stand up to it, which is yeah. really um, um, sad because before when we were young, we'd be like, no. <laughs> no. pulled into line pulled into line pull, people. pull yeah, it out like sure. um we saw it all of us so no yeah it was that's out. so interesting I love but that. we're not doing that police that childhood policing anymore mm. right i find so I parents like just stay out yeah stay out. let them play and the second thing that came up in that little bit you said monologue versus dialogue and again there could be very well-intended parents saying hey go play for fun do your best and the event happens and then the car ride home around the dinner table, there's an autopsy. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? And so they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, aren't they? Where it's like they're intending to do this, but then they just can't help themselves kind of. And then that's where all the mistakes come in or the fear of failure. You see that often, I assume. Yeah. It's it's a definite cycle. Mm. A cycle. It, we, we call it the fear, the fear cycle for an athlete because they fear what their parents are going to say when they get home. They don't want, they need to talk about it, but they don't want to talk about it with their parents. Their coaches really don't care. Good coaches do. Sure. The majority of the coaches won't want to talk the emotional part with you. So the kids are stuck. Mm. They don't have a way out. So what do they do? They quit. Hmm. And, yeah. Or they play with anxiety. Mm. And, 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 and I use the word 
stress and anxiety lightly. If it's chronic, it becomes anxious. They get stomach pains, right? That's when we know. Um, If it's, if it's stress, then usually they play with, um, I call it fear mode instead of beast mode. Mm. We take our athletes from fear mode, from fearing, they fear everything to, I fear nothing. I don't give a crap. Mm. I'm going to go out and play because I love my game. And I don't care if I make mistakes because my head tells me I'm going to make five mistakes. Anyway, I'm going to learn to get better at making them and changing from them. uh, Next, next whistle, next opportunity, next shift. I'm going to go prove myself again. And if we don't get that mindset going, it's, it's, it, it, we do see them drop off by 16. Mm. It's it's really interesting that because you just remind me, I I had a a really top level athlete working with a gym, the juniors, nothing was wrong with his life. Everything was perfect stomach pains he he had these chronic stomach pains he couldn't put his you know what it was but then he started seeing like a therapist a little bit like more more experienced than me and yeah it was the 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 what would you call obviously stress but kind of chronic stress where it manifested so in the stomach pains our nervous system our vagus nerve mm. um gets ticked off when we pick the phones up and we check mm. it, it sends dopamine and cortisol and it spikes our heart rate it makes the vagus nerve send kind of like tension to our stomach and what it, what phones do. And here's a great test that we actually do with our athletes. So they take a pop can, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, for two days, I want you to hang on to this pop can. And every time you check your phone, I want you to shake it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And they're like, I said, now day two, go open it on your mother's favorite rug. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) And they're all like, um, no chance. I can't. And I'm like, no, you can't, can you? But this is your nervous system. You do this to yourself every day. We, we have them. We didn't know whether we should have them. We have to balance the crap out of them or the Mm. kids don't under, right? Like we even have dysfunctional adults. They're not using them properly. Mm, totally I, i'm so guilty i'd like i go through phases, and i'm like again this is not too extreme but i i went on a silent meditation retreat i wanted to do one anyway it was the most nourishing thing i've ever done it was like brilliant yes. and then but as soon as i got out and started driving and then checked my it, phone two hours later man it's just like the the highs and lows you could i could actually it feel you it moody, ma- makes you crave food yeah. like people are wondering why we're gaining weight well that's one of them cortisol makes you gain weight right Does it? Like, yeah, man. right so mm. but yeah i find that that I've learned that dialogue is probably the most important thing with our kids. Mm. Just dialogue. It could be. And, about and so what, what like, let's go. Yeah. Open-ended questions with that. Like, how do you encourage I, that I just, dialogue? Just, uh, you know, Hey, I really love the way you do your butterfly. It was beautiful. You look like one of those fish. Mm-hmm. Cool. It just like, you look like you're a fish in the ocean when she swims. And, and that just, Ah, oh, mom, but it hurts my back. And then she starts talking. Really, just start there talking. They don't know that we've opened the gateway to talk. Mm. I said, "Do you like? Do you like your coaches?" Like we start talking, asking questions. Oh, you know, are there recipes you think we should try? Maybe for 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 swimming. Are there some new foods you want to try? Mm. Like just anything that's awesome that helps support them, but let them choose. Mm. Right. So I'm yep. open. I'm open. Like, do you, you really want to try this pasta dish? Okay, let's go. Let's fire it up because let's go to the store. Let's get this going and we'll, we'll see how the whole family likes it. Love that. Um, you know, just anything that gets you talking to your kids without an agenda. Mm. I don't like it when parents have an agenda yeah. because they want their kids to perform because they want to get the limelight from their kids. Mm, yeah. uh, um, that's my daughter's performance. That's my son's performance. 
I want to, I want you to judge me on my performance, mm. right? Like what I'm doing for work or for my triathlons or whatever, like whatever I'm doing, I'm coaching. I, I, I would be, you know, and I am seeing a lot of that trending over into social media where kids are, parents are just using their kids and only posting about their kids yet, you know, here we are, I post to my family and my friends on mm-hmm. my things, but only with my kids, give me permission with the photo. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it's easy. Right. It's that living, and living. I've changed my account to private. Mm-hmm. I've changed my account. I don't make it public. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know who I'm following and I know who's following me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting how parents will put their kids profile up on their, their, their picture on Instagram. Wow. And no, I'm like, that's intense. where predators look right there. They just mm. go right there and they just, they will sit there and gawk. Yeah. Right. Sounds, that's incredible. There's so much to unpack with you with this. So I'm interested just a little bit of uh, kind of your personal journey, if, if you won't mind, because, oh. you know, Ozzy, you, um, you've got to this point now and, and you're, you're championing it. It's great. I really get it. How have you gone through? And again, do you, you, I'm sure you have those bad habits and those cortisol spikes and checking the phone yeah, at the wrong moment. So how have you gone kind of through <clears throat> that journey yourself to where you are today and, and the phone use where of the social media? I started media? this was, I was pregnant with my, I think my third child and I owned a Pilates studio and I was really working with a lot of elite athletes, but I was teaching them Pilates, but we were talking about the psychology of their sport. And they're like, well, I don't come here for Pilates anymore. I just talk to you about psych. That's awesome. I'm like, Love so that. that's kind of, right but I had a blackberry yeah and this was years ago like I'm Mm -hmm. talking 15 years ago Mm. and I thought oh I'm working so much more I'm I'm more engaged my business is rocking it I'm very very successful um speaking events and I'm like but I was missing my kids things I missed an appointment I missed my daughter's play and I'm like this isn't my value system okay this isn't not what I wanted I, what is happening to my brain? I've lost 20 pounds. I'm pregnant. Hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? And I realized I was working and working and I was not paying attention to other things because I was becoming addicted to my Blackberry. Mm. And then the phone, the iPhones come out and they're highly addictive because everything's there. Yeah. The colors and everything, the little red dots next to the kind of notifications. (laughs) I put restrictions on my own phone time. I put Mm. restrictions on my social media apps. I put times that I had to go on. And you know what? Social media will always be there. Mm. Like it, in, in, in the first 30 scrolls, you're seeing repeat anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, for work, I go on it just before nine in the morning, maybe 12 or three, Mm -hmm. maybe six, but I try not to randomly go on it. That's the key, Um, isn't it? It's Mm. random, right? Mm. So the random use spikes it more often. It's Mm. really what does your body the detriment. Um, And I see that I had to put myself on a real strict routine. Yep. Um, So that made it better for me. And plus, I try not to be on my phone in front of my kids. Okay. When we're talking, mm-hmm. put the phone down and you pay attention to them. Um, in the car, I'm not, I, you know, they answer it. If it's something for me, they'll say, hi, this is Larissa Mills's phone or mm, she's that's driving. Wicked. Or I put Such good habits. Right? Because right, it's, it's that. And, and I don't, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Like the other night I'm dealing with someone in another time zone. I had to get things out. Mm-hmm. Right. But I changed everything over to my laptop. All, okay. So I transferred and I had someone help me put all my work, all everything I had to do and shut my notifications off, everything. So that I have to work on my laptop and even 
like post everything through a software system yeah. to post out to social media. So I don't have to post it on my phone. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. So You're just putting those barriers. Yeah. I putting, I put more barriers cause I didn't want to be drawn in and mm. actually I find social media really, I can't connect with it. Yeah. Like I yeah. can't, I I'm very much more like on LinkedIn for business mm. than, mm-hmm. than anything. Um, but I can't connect with people I don't know and have a relationship mm. with. I can't mm. connect with people doing what they're doing on it. I can't write. Um, so I found it. I'm like, I don't even care about it. Right mm. now. So then how do you, so now like flipping it back to then your education. So I hundred percent hear your message. You don't connect with it, but obviously there's a huge demographic that do, right. And there's this huge kind of draw to it. So yep. what's your message? How, how do you, do you use some of the habits that you're using with them? Yep. How do you get that balance right with them then? We actually teach them about their brain. Okay. So we teach them how social media affects the brain, affects their self-esteem, affects their confidence, their heart rate, and physically. And as soon as we teach them about all of these things, they're like, so if I go work out and I come home for four hours and I'm on my phone, it's basically like I'm doing a marathon and I go back to my second game and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be crap. That's awesome. So they make this decision based on the, the, we show them the videos and the brain and the chemistry and yep. the heart rate. And so do you want to have your heart rate up to 140, 160 for four hours while you're on social media? Or do you want to rest, put your legs up? You can, you can go on, you can go on your phone for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But four hours in between games is a problem. Mm-hmm. When are you recovering? When are you doing your rolling? When are you, right? Like, what are those things? What are mm-hmm. you eating? Have you eaten well? Um, right. So we have to look at, look at that aspect. Um, what was the other part of your question there? Yeah, no, obviously you, you obviously don't get the connection with social media. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Okay. I remember I was saying, so then we go back, we teach them Mm. about their brain. Mm. Then we put them onto routines that they choose. This is all, this is all them driven. Mm -hmm. He gives them the tools. I love it. They do it. And it has to be intrinsically motivated by that. It does. Yeah. Can't be. The... <laughs> don't want to do it. I can't, I can't drag a horse to water and make it drink, mm. but I can educate the horse about which is the cleaner water and the better options. Right. And if you choose which watering hole you're going to go in, mm. I hope you choose wisely because if you want to get to premier league, or if you want to get to the NBA and you're here, I can guarantee you that if you're on your phone for more than an hour, four hours a day, you're not going to get there. Mm. the correlation Mm. no the correlation is too strong now Mm. so you talk educate them mostly Mm. and then we put them on the routines and we have check-ins so they have a checklist that's paper we're very paper driven cool so they check okay did i do my mental practice this morning yes did i do my diet did i organize my lunch we get them on really sound strict routines Mm -hmm. and we actually encourage them to socialize so did i socialize today did i hang out with a friend did I go to the rink and, and leave my phone in the car with my parent? Love that. That's a big thing. I actually mm. encourage that for all coaches. Mm. All phones left in the car. No phones in the dressing room. Just take mm. them out. The amount of issues that we are seeing in dressing rooms with phones is astronomical. Oh, yeah. Nothing good is happening. It's mm. so interesting you say that because I'm uh, interviewed uh, the psychologist for the world number one squash plan. He says when he walks into his club, he literally physically turns his phone off, puts it in his bag and he's, he's in his mode. And I just, again, very similar Thank message. You. I know it's brilliant. Yeah. He said exactly the same thing in, in his own you. version. Yeah. I know it's great, isn't it? And um, 
I love that idea about, you know, a bit of accountability and checking in with things, that little checklist. I love paper, by the way. I'm like, I journal. I've got two different journals for the yes, morning, different journal. journals they for journal the evening. Because it slows the brain down. It's that, you know, the bridge between the conscious and the subconscious a little bit. It's just yeah. gets things they out can, of the monkey mind. What's interesting mm. is with the journaling I found is that the boys are more in tuned when they do it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and they can they can express themselves very clearly. Yeah. When we because we have topics that they have to do at night. Okay. Right. So in case they don't feel like writing, okay, yeah. well, what can a little I write? Prompt. I'm like, mm. well, let's work towards your goal. These are topics mm -hmm. that work towards your goal. Here's 32 of them. And you can pick them. So let's get you started. So every night they can't have their phones in their room. They have to have alarm clocks. Mm -hmm. They're off their phones an hour before bed. And that untethering, like it's that, big. that untethering not needing it to go to the bathroom, not needing it to go, right? They take it everywhere with them. So that, that's part of this feeling of they can't be without it. Mm. And that journaling at night really does set their brain to a different level. Mm. Um, I'm attuned to what I'm doing. They have to do a self-analysis every day. How do they do today? What did I do well that I normally don't? And what do I still need to work on? Because that's, if they're not self-being -anal analytical, then they're not mm -hmm. growing. No. So they can't grow as an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Can't grow as a person. They can't even be in touch with their feelings. And now kids mm. today, they'd rather go on phones and deal with feeling. <laughs> so it's so interesting you say about that untethering because I, I'm in a bit of a, like a, like a different part of my business right now, doing a bit of a launch. And, and it's like, I just feel this constant drain on my resources on this thing. And I went maybe a few months ago, I've got a burner phone. So on, on certain weekends, I just turn off my phone. Three oh. people have the number on my burner phone and they contact me if there's an emergency. And it's one of the most refreshing things ever. I know it's extreme. I want to get closer to your habits of, you know, those little bits. Um, so I would say that that actually might be a solution, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it's for me, I don't take my phone on a walk all the time because I'm, I know that 99% of the time my kids are going to be okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, if someone really needs me, well, 40 minutes or 45 minutes later, right. We're all in this panic mode to not miss anything. Exactly. And, and you know what? I'm okay to miss stuff because I've scheduled. I know where I am. I have my routine. I have done my connecting. I have mm -hmm. done my emailing. I have, Right. So I think we have come into this new phone fear of missing out and fear of missing a text. And I'm like, I don't care if I miss a text. I have like mm. 10 right now that I haven't even answered. But but I also set a precedent too. like you have to give me 24 hours to reply because yep. I deal with athletes, parents, coaches and lots of people. So I think that that's a good way of separating mm. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not easy, but yeah, I, I can't wait till this little phase is over because I'm going to get back to those kind of good habits and that constant it has been about two months of a bit of a drain. So yeah, I could totally get it. And so how do you have these honest conversations with athletes that I don't know, can you call it an addiction to social media an addiction to a phone is an addiction. Yeah. So, you know, do you, do you go like cold Turkey with them or do you start like pretty no. hardcore with it? How do you no. get them to, to untether themselves a little bit more? Yeah. Than so it's actually quite easy. Okay. Uh, we ask them actually, mm -hmm. well, if you're at eight hours a day on your phone, which is like, I don't know how they do that eight hours a day, seven hours a day, six hours a day, then let's look at, let's just look at five this week. Okay. Can we do that? And then we replace it with our mental skills and we replace it with our work and we place it talking to our friends and hanging out with our family more. And I said, get back to watching TV. 
mm. not TikTok. <laughs> because if you want to be a legend, they're not made watching TikTok. No. Okay. If you want a scholarship, everyone else is not watching TikTok. You are. So you're not increasing your chances. Mm. So we show them more of like the math and what they're doing. And like they pretty that. much, we follow, we create a routine with them. No phones in the room and you can't touch them 30 minutes in the morning when you get up. Because that starts, that spikes the whole cycle for the day. The faster you are on your phone in the morning. So, I, you know, I don't have my phone in my room or I we put it, if it's something where I'm, if my husband's like on call or something or because he works shift work, mm-hmm. um, the very rare time I leave it outside my door at the end of our bed, like underneath this thing. I don't touch my phone uh, um, and uh, I put an alarm clock back in our room. Love it. Right. Love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We teach the kids all of these things so that they can be successful. Mm, right. Of course. Yeah. So there's all these tips and strategies that we give them to make it easier. But also I ask them to pick up a new hobby so that their mind is also on the new hobby and on the new routine Mm. because if they have a new focus right then then the the tapering of hours is that much easier Mm -hmm. Uh, we had a kid who went from eight hours to four hours in less than two weeks wow okay and then what's like what comes out the other side when you do obviously do they report back on their feelings and is there like an assessment you do yes so we start off an assessment in the first day Mm mm-hmm Right. So how they feel about themselves is actually more important than their skills because we okay. can teach skills. Yeah. But how they feel about themselves is number one to me. Mm. Um, and number one should be to their coaches and their parents. So, so how do I, how do you feel about you? How do you feel about your confidence? How do you feel about your leadership? How do you feel about your social skills? How do you feel about your coping mechanisms? So all that's in a, like a Google form that, and we use Google classroom because the kids are really familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really easy. It is, and yeah. it's controlled and it's monitored. So I know it's safe. So I know what's going on. Um, I know that they're comfortable using it in there instead of navigating a new website. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and all my stuff's in there. Nice. Right. So it's it's perfect. And all their assignments and they have to do work <laughs> uh, has to come back to us. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see that they're they're checking in, their journals come in and I can see through their writing how they feel about themselves and this assessment then to go back to your question we do another one mm-hmm. right at the end. So then, then we see, I so can rock this. I Wicked. don't fear making mistakes anymore, mm. but it, it's, it, but it's both things working less phone time and yes. increasing mental yes. skills. Love it. Jeez, it's, that's it's awesome. the balance. So mm. we, we, we have some testimonies that are really strange. Like one kid's like, I feel like super smart at school now. <laughs> like she's like, I feel smarter than everybody. Cool. Yeah. I'm like that's because you have emotional intelligence now. Mm. You know what it is. You can read behavior, interpret behavior, monitor behavior, and you know how to control your behavior. And she goes, it, it's kind of freeing. I don't wow. feel other people's crap. And I'm like, I didn't, I haven't had that. And the other one, the other testimony was, and this is frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, people will say, if I feel in control of my phone, I feel in control of my my mind. Wow. So kids today are 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 transfixing on that. Mm. Right? Like it's all about the phone getting there. And 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 let's put this out here though, too, Jesse. Kids have a hard time letting go of their phone <laughs> because Snapchat 
you have to show up every day and make sure your streak and Snapchat is there or you lose your friends. Worst. So Can you think of I'm, anything worse? <laughs> right. But are kids, my question is, are kids really learning how to be friends? Yeah, online because they cut each other out of groups. They cut each other yeah, out. It's brutal. They say stuff online. They're brutal mm, online. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. One one little um, analogy I like to think about. I, I kind of fully connected from a few things that I've listened. You know, back in I don't know, like the nineteen thirties, maybe you had doctors on television smoking, saying, "Hey, listen, look how good the smoking is. It's so healthy for you." Obviously, we knew it's not. My little analogy now, it's like. It's this is tobacco for the brain. This is tobacco going like there was tobacco for it's the lungs back in the 30s. Cocaine or tobacco yeah. for the brain. And but like at at a younger level than it's ever been. Obviously, obviously smoking was maybe I don't know, 16, 18. Mm -hmm. But it's like all these social media companies are literally rewiring parts of our chemical balances in our brain with what they've Even created. Disney There's Disney movies where I've worked with directors because we're working on a documentary. Oh, wow. And this one director left Disney. Huh. Because he was saying they were putting addictive properties into the films. Are you kidding? Because I, well, yeah. like Inside Out for me is quite crazy. I don't know what you think of Inside Out as a bit, because that's quite an interesting little dialogue yep. on kind of all the bits of the that brain. That was amazing. But, yeah. I that, think that movie mm, should be shown it's in incredible. every school. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so good. Really. But but obviously there might be other Disney stuff where the yeah, was, addictive was, they were, nature. They're making them more, right? It's wow. Addictive. Yeah. So, and mm. shows. Mm. Um, if we went back to Fred Flintstone and Brady <laughs> Bunch now and smurfs and things like that the kids have a hard time oh, relating to them, a yeah. slower mm. plot and slower mm. animation it's very mm. interesting mm. um the way our brains work now uh we actually take in 33 percent less information every year because they're kidding wow. mm. yeah so we're not working with our brain as much as we used to either mm. So when 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 that brain is engaged, it's engaged in in shallow activities, in very just shallow, on the short yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, rarely anything <clears throat> is going long term. And it, what's interesting is, so mm. I tested this out in my history classes that I was teaching. So I would give my grade ten history. Well, we were doing World War Two unit. They love that unit, and we would give the kids the same assignment. So my period one was allowed to use the internet, was allowed to browse the iPads, whatever, right? And it took them a certain amount of days to finish. Mm -hmm. But I gave period two encyclopedias, books, banned from the browsers, no computers. They had to write it all out by hand. Okay. Then they could type it up and good at the end. Um, the class that used paper and books was finished in two days. No ways. It seems not, not, not the right way around. <laughs> yeah. Right? Focused because they didn't get distracted by browsers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as we went over to electric, like, and we went over to internet and browsers and iPads and they were gambling. So even some kids were watching porn in class, right? Oh yeah, you you wouldn't believe what they're, right? And they're dropping stuff in classes, like airdropping. Wow. It took them almost six periods. That's incredible. So we're wow. actually not teaching as well and as much if we're allowing them more on tech where you have mm. to do better at helping them funnel the tech and navigate mm. the tech. Right. So what about, cause I wanted to ask you this question, not to challenge or kind of talk about it, but stuff like headspace, calm, sport mind, what I'm trying to do, there's some healthy versions of tech. Yes, so are. what do you think about that then? How do you get that balance? I, cause there's I the distractions. All, to me, it's all about balance, Jesse. Mm. It's all about what are you doing on your phone? Social media, or an app to help you, you know, calm down and breathe and focus, tap, 
whatever it might be, mm-hmm. um, that's a tool. Mm. So we try and teach them the difference between a tool and if, if if they would never be on their phones though, Jesse, if there weren't social media there. Yeah, no, of course. That's there's, the thing. Mm. There's only one phone I recommend for children. That's it. And I recommend a Trumi phone. Okay. Yeah, I've heard about these. Tell me more about it. Yeah, the phone um, in and of itself has to be controlled by a parent. And it can't browse unless the parent allows it to browse. It can't have an app unless the parent does. And mm. you have to enter the kids' names, the kids' friends. And it is more work. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it sets your kids up for like mental skills will be up. Their socialization will be up. Kids today are delayed already by age four in language mm. because they're just watching videos. They're not yeah. talking. It's just and actually mm. through this journey, I've learned through different phone companies and different psychologists and neurologists, the more we talk, the more we protect our brain. The more we socialize and hug, the more we protect our brain from dementia and and um, Parkinson's and neurological issues. Mm. And the more we watch videos, the more we actually shut off the neurons and our brain just, it's just gray matter. And wow. I even seven years old, they're seeing changes in brains. That's scary. That's so scary. Well, again, I'm of my boy, as I said, is nine and he's, you know, obviously asking for a phone. It's like hell no right now, but it, you know, it gets to that point when he's, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 and all his friends have phones. And then is he losing out, you know, going to, or being included in a group that gets invited to go do things, even if it's going and playing in the park. Well, you that's know, different. Such- so mm. add the app and monitor mm. it and have their password. So mm. there's lots of things you can do. Like my yeah. kid, he just got one. He is now 12 he did mm-hmm. it to join his friends on his hockey teams cool he's a good hockey player he's on mm-hmm. those teams and he so but i check it okay but you know what's interesting i'm sitting watching a very scary movie with my older daughter one night and this was maybe he just got this maybe in the last four months okay and i'm sitting there in the family room and the, the i didn't know his phone was there yeah because he he leaves it down we have to leave the phones downstairs so mm-hmm. his phone and my other brother's uh, their phones are downstairs and as at the scary point in the movie, there's this like, and I'm like, what the frick is that? Like, what the? And my daughter and I are like, what is that? And I look over and it is 1130. And the kids are talking on Snapchat in their rooms oh, at night. Wow. The phone's in the room. And, wow. And I'm just like, you have a game the next day. Yeah. Like, and these, these are 12 year old kids in his hockey competitive. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's competitive. And and this is everywhere, right? This right. Mm. So I'm just going, but you're it's eleven thirty and you play at eight, nine in the morning. You gotta get up at seven to drive to the and I'm like going, What? And That's... my kid, you know, I'm just like, and they're and you can see what they're talking about. It's mm. nothing much good. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just like nothing much good happens after midnight. For no, exactly. After happens ten on a phone for a kid. <laughs> so and their brain, their frontal lobe becomes less controlled mm, totally night, right mm, so they mm. they they fall into those traps mm. and and as you well know i've been lucky enough to interview some really high level sleep specialists in sport and sleep sleep is everything pretty much it's literally it's like sleep obviously diet training rest it's like get sleep right first before eve any of those other things the sleep Anything. cascades to everything else doesn't it and if you are engaged on that again ranging from the blue light to the activation of the prefrontal yeah. cortex yeah the on blue that light phone, important. yeah all of that is yeah. just or, uh, there was an Olymp- um a test done on the olympic rowing team uh, mm-hmm. my cousin was on and they won the silver that year and what was interesting from that research was two things 
One, when they shut the phones off two hours before bed, because the rowers have to get up early. I've right? seen the study. Mm. And they weren't, they had to wear the blue goggles, like blue blockers. Bed, mm. An hour, mm. but right. So they performed very well that year. They got a silver. But the year they loosened up those techniques, they didn't perform and they came forth. I heard about this. That's incredible. So That's nuts, isn't it? So when we have this data, yet we don't even know what it's doing mm. to our brains long term. We no. we don't know anything about can any of that. I don't have mm. enough to go on that and radiate. I don't have enough to go on that. So mm. I look at what's in front of me and what Sweden, Finland, Canada, UK, Australia, and US are putting out to us. I'm very careful about reading that material, but mm -hmm. it is very clear with Dr. Twenge, who's the leading lead mm. on this in the world studying how phones are just destroying a generation of children. Mm. And that's right? even, even it's if so we can't, and my husband works and emerge. Yeah. And even if we can't see the, yeah, obviously the, the cancer side of things, we know the chemicals are releasing, you know, that you've said of the cortisol, the vagus nerve, how it's affecting this right now. It's like, it's literally screaming at us from the billboards. Let's get, let's get the balance right people. But uh, it's incredible. So I want to just yeah. go back. I think, Sorry, I think I'm seeing, yeah, Surgeon General in the U.S. is becoming very active. He's mm. saying, uh, I think we need to look at no social media for kids under 18. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, that's why I use the tobacco analogy, because I'm thinking in years right? to come, why not? it's going to be like, why aren't we, like, seriously, like, we know what it's doing to the brain. It's, for me, it's the tobacco of the mind. And it's like, why are we allowing 12-year-olds to jump on this? Right. But it's also changing behavior in schools. It's mm. changing not just behavior, though, Jesse, it's changing work ethic habits their chores aren't getting done things that we need for life skills aren't getting yeah, done yeah, yeah. so by the time they're graduating they think they can use their phones in schools but then they're flopping in law school they're flopping in dental school they're flop they can't control themselves they can't get off of it so mm. we are seeing this translate over to everything in society and then we're looking at corporations I know. and we're looking yeah. at athletes we're looking at sports they're and healthcare can't help this anymore healthcare mm -mm. is busting at the seams and, and even my husband, he, he just had a kid show up and emerge on the weekend. And the kid came in, he's like, I want to kill myself. And he's like, well, you know, let's go back here. Mm -hmm. Parents say they took their phone away and he's saying he, he's pretending he's going to kill himself because he wants his phone back. Wow. That's so sad. And this eh? is happening more and more. Yeah. More and more, right. And they're not going to. No, no. Going. They no. just, when you take the cocaine away, it's, mm -hmm. it's a feeling, right? So this is why if we take the phone away from them more and untether them a bit more mm. and and they're doing the other things like work ethic chores um i i can't tell you how many kids today we work with at different agencies and i'm like well how many hours a day are you putting into your sport versus how many hours a day you're putting into your phone so it's like oh. 10 hours a week into their sport but it's 45 hours on their phone so you have time mm. Yeah, well, what I'm hearing from you, it's it's a pandemic almost. It's kind of it's got to that point, and oh, so it's, it's a crisis. It's crisis. not a pandemic. It's a, it's mm, a crisis. Crisis. Yeah. So I just wrote a little note as you said there. Um, for me, this pops up a lot in in the the work I'm trying to do. Instant gratification. You know, that's oh. that that's the big one, isn't it? It feels like it is the instant gratification, and then when you said, okay, they can't do the chores or they can't sustain something for a certain amount of time, it, it's no wonder we're 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 training our mind to be on this hedonic treadmill. And we're getting instant gratification that actually something really good and real needs to be delayed. We can't do it, can we? Because, because Jesse, yeah. what in life really does give you instant gratification? What gives you instant gratification in life? Not Are on you, the phone, but in no, not much. 
not much no no right? yeah like, something that something real you know, doesn't no yeah yeah it's mm. like a relationship mm. a mm. friendship a job mm -hmm. um graduating from high school they all take time and when we're trying to help athletes look at how many hours it takes to become an olympian it's ten thousand, mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so when we show them the math I'm like, well, you just spent 16,000 hours on your phone. So we know you have time to work on your sport. So we show the parents and the parents want us, the parents love us. Mm. They, they love that we're trying to balance out phones for their kids and sleep and everything else. Right. But it's, it's hard for the parents to grasp the concept. Oh, I have to get off my phone a little bit too and actually watch a documentary. I'm like, because part of their homework is watching two sport documentaries in the 12 week program we do with them. Nice. I like with that. Family. And they have to, they have to play more board games and cards and um, they have to do it one hour a day. That's it's wicked. not much time. Mm. That's so right? powerful. It's not much time. I played sorry last night. I was sorry I played sorry because I got my ass kicked by my 16 and my 13. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I, do I want to play sorry no I have a presentation to make I had meetings mm. to prepare for but one game getting on the floor with them yeah. those are those memories that give your kids confidence and stability and security to go and do whatever they need to love it right? love it and it just goes back to something you said at the start and and I was going to mention it's 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 the tribe isn't it it's like it's the whole support network you know yes you can really get to the nub of it trying to help this kid but yeah if you're not helping the parents the coaches and every kind of all that it's message around them yeah 100% yeah. and i met i'm meeting more and more coaches which is kind of refreshing and i'm finding it so supportive now high level mm. coaches professional yeah coming and definitely. asking for our our coaching programs to help them because they want to learn how to manage them their phones but themselves but also yes. for their athletes how do i set up the protocols and rules for my team i'm so it. sick of the cyberbullying crap or i'm so sick of the social media with the parents posting everything and we have to protect the children too mm. right people are losing that ideology that like things are private still like you can't post someone else's photo mm. Yeah, you, you can't God. do of yeah, a child yeah. under eighteen. I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. So parents are doing things that they they shouldn't be either. And um, there's things that we can educate with the parents. We have a parent course that they can take as well. And we teach webinars about how to teach how to get your kids on a phone routine at home. Brilliant. It starts with you too, parents. It right. Does. So I mean, not every household is going to be perfect, but you have to strive to invest in this because it's corrupting the kids. Hmm. Hey, well, listen, you've been making it harder to parent them too. It is. I mean, that's the thing. It's oh. that trade off, isn't it? As a parent, okay. Oh, it's, Lord, it's... if they've been on a phone, I'm like, I don't even want to know what's going to happen four hours later. Like, I've yeah. been on the phone for a bit. So we go right like outside. Yeah. Let's go shoot pucks. Let's go yeah, play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Let's like get it out, you know, because green time relieves screen time. Mm. Right. It sends the serotonin levels back up that you want. Hugs send serotonin back up. We really want that serotonin we really want to get rid of the dopamine and the cortisol mm. right so and and that spike with gaming so lots of different protocols and strategies we can give coaches and and athletes and and it's interesting how it doesn't take long i'm so impressed by these athletes they're amazing me like they're truly amazing me like no no i can do it i can do it coach nice like, i know you can do it you're a you're a team canada player i know you can mm. do this you're you're a you're a Manchester player. I, you can do this. 
Love that. Like you have put in 10 grand, 10,000 hours into your sport. Why not invest a few more? Mm. You're not going to notice it. And then you know what they say? I feel so much better. Like they don't feel heavy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They feel like, oh, I feel like happier. I'm leading my life now. That's interesting. I'm mm. leading my life now. All these little testimonies. It's amazing what they're saying. I'm truly, mm. we're on the cusp of just discovering what we can do. I oh. think. I love, love your passion and energy for it. And, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. It's it's a very thing I use quite a lot to that little statement because we're continually comparing things. And what I heard you oh. say there, which I just want to tag, which I think could be really yeah. powerful. I don't know if you thought about this, but it sounds like when they've gone through your 12-week program, it sounds like their, their, their dopamine is now becoming more attuned to being off their phone. And it's like they're finding the joy in the things that are away from that screen. It sounds like finding that's what's happening. Joy. That's why we introduce those hobbies. Mm. Finding joy getting them to, you know, okay, your whole team is off Friday night, go to a movie, go play pool, go do something. Don't, don't spend the night on your phones in your rooms, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is horrible for you Yeah, and your performance. Mm -hmm. Go, go get ice cream, go get pizza. And this whole thing about that, they, they're calmer, they're more in control. And a lot of them say that that's probably the top two testimonies is I'm in control of my emotions I'm in control of my phone and it's not controlling me. And it's, it's, it's amazing. We just, if we're just bringing awareness to it, mm -hmm. it's great. It's all I want, right? Perfect. I love all it. I want. Listen, this has been incredible, Larissa. Alyssa, I know you're super in demand. You've been so kind with your time yeah. today. I literally so want to do this again because there's so many more rabbit holes I'd love to well, go down at some point. Bit, there's a lot more to it. We, yeah. we can get into gaming or we can get into specific apps. We can change things, right? Like mm. lots to it. Hey, listen, if things settle down and maybe in a couple of months or so, if you're still keen to oh, have yeah. a chat, I feel like we could have a great part two to this because I, you know, my audience, I think are really going to attach onto oh, this, but thank you as a um, pleasure, as a little kind of signpost, where can people find you? Do you want us to give a quick little shout out? I'll put in the show yeah, notes as well. Sure. Um, it's best if you book a demo with us. So how you do that is you go to the mental game You can go to at the mental game Academy on Instagram. We're on Facebook too, but it's best to book a demo to show you how the course works mm -hmm. to your team and to your athletes or to your athlete at home. Um, we have group sessions. We bulk team prices. We have one-on-ones. We work with NHL uh, agencies and other soccer agencies. We work with football. It doesn't matter which sport because it's interesting. Athletes all come usually with the same top three concerns. doesn't matter which sport. Mm -hmm. So we're prepared. We can definitely help you get your mental game and get you going. Absolutely. Listen, this message has been incredible. I love what you're doing. Can't wait to have oh. a future chat and can't wait for my audience to hear this. Larissa, have a great rest of your day. And I'd love to keep in touch you at some too. point. You too, Jesse.